Radio Veritas at four, eight minutes past four in the afternoon. Greetings to you all and welcome to this programme, Changing Gear, on your favourite radio station. Archbishop William Slattery of Pretoria, Tswane, with you, inviting you. Let us travel together for the next while, reflecting on our faith and reflecting on the life of the church. It's always lovely to be with you and to meet you afterwards in all the various parishes. So many of you who are uh, so attentive to Radio Veritas and so supportive of it. So thank you very, very much. Today I want to look at a number of things. Uh, it's the beginning of the year and so I'm encouraging people who are volunteering to teach catechism this year. I am going to talk a little bit about uh, a, a Nigerian diocesan priest who has been beatified. I also want to talk about parish councils. Last weekend we had the Archdiocesan Pastoral Council just to encourage our parishes, our priests in the first instance, and all our people to realize that we are in it together. Uh, we're all caught for the future of our parish, our diocese, and the church itself. Uh, we are all invited to participate. And also later on, I hope to talk to uh, Koketso Zomba from Hammondscrawl, who was the National Secretary leading up to the Mini World Youth Day and who will be representing the youth of South Africa in Rome later this year at the Synod. Uh, I hope to speak to Koketso, who has done so much for the youth in our country. Uh, just a few things, the beginning of our program, items that have taken place or are about to take place. Uh, this, this Saturday, today after all is the 18th, so on the 20th of uh, January at Ekangala, uh, Deacon Fanium Caesar uh, of the Archdiocese of Pretoria will be ordained a priest. And I see he has chosen as gospel for the day from St. John's uh, Gospel, chapter 6, uh, which speaks about, which is the Word of God, and speaking about the Eucharist, which will be a central aspect of his future life, making the Lord present, bringing the Lord back for our communities and our people and our families in the Archdiocese. He's called to guide, to discern, at the same time to listen and to learn and to be a sign of Christ as shepherd. So we welcome Father Fani Msiza in Kangala, 10 o'clock this Saturday. Uh, also, uh, just to say, next week, actually, will be the uh, plenary session of the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference at St. John Vianney Seminary from the 23rd to the 30th of January. Uh, and so I will not be here this coming Thursday because uh, I will be attending the Bishops' Conference, but I will be you with God's help from there on after that. But during the Bishops' Conference on Sunday the 28th of January, the bishops for their Sunday Mass will go to Zwavelpur, the Church of the Beatitude, in Pretoria East uh, to pray together and give thanks to God for the uh, 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 for the bicentenary of our of our church here in southern Africa, you know. So uh, at eleven o'clock, half past ten, between half past ten and eleven o'clock, there is a mass for the parish before that. So we go in immediately after that, and we will have a, a bice. That is, we are remembering two hundred years of the church in southern Africa. The theme actually chosen uh, for this bicentenary 
centenary is. We will uh, go to church to remember the past, uh, to live the present with enthusiasm, and also to look forward to the future with uh, uh, with confidence. So this is the um, the centenary theme. So on the 28th, Sunday the 28th. Now, the real celebration, in a sense, that will touch everybody in the country will be on the Sunday following that again. But I'll speak to you before that. Uh, the Sunday of the 4th of February, in which all parishes are invited to have a special, to, 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 to focus the uh, theme, if you like, of their Holy Mass on that day to give thanks to God for his blessing and for the growth of the church and for the future of the church uh, in uh, southern Africa. Um, again, during the Bishop's Conference this coming week, of course, many there are many reports have to be made. Sister Hermana Gill and Father Rackett and so on, who were at the Secretariat, have been putting together the program with the Executive Board of the Bishop's Conference. Um, in a way, the basic theme that the bishops are engaged in uh, is evangelization how to bring our people to Jesus and how to in- allow our people to encourage them, to open the door for them so that they can encounter the Lord himself, evangelization. Uh, um, and so they will be discussing, I suppose, in a very central aspect of their work, the pastoral plan. A pastoral plan is a ministry plan, an activity plan, a focused plan for the work of the church over the next number of years. You will remember, some of you anyway, in 1989, after something nine years of discussions and consultation around the country, uh, we came up with a pastoral plan, which you'll remember as Community Serving Humanity. And that centered in a very special way around small Christian communities. And this uh, had excellent results and involved people in parishes, communities and families praying together, sharing their lives together, and above all, sharing the gospel together. But I suppose if you look, as with Father Barney McAleer and myself, when we were in the evangelization committee of the Bishop's Conference, we were looking at uh, where now uh, are the small Christian communities. And of course, some are still there. Some wonderful groups have continued all these almost 30 years um, meeting and praying together. But on the other hand, a lot of groups have simply got weaker, have dispersed or have died for various reasons. Um, small Christian communities have to be encouraged, have to be motivated. There has to be um, a sort of a coordinator. And so, in many cases, small Christian communities have weakened to a certain extent. Uh, and so now, uh, the new pastoral plan will still be looking at small Christian communities. There's not a thing of the past, but a thing of the future. But we will be looking at the changes that have taken place in South Africa over the last uh, 30 or so years. Um, uh, so while there, uh, uh, and the new pastoral plan will be centered on evangelization and reconciliation and will come up um, analyzing so many aspects of our Christian and daily lives in South Africa, the economic, social, political life of our country, and see how we as church should respond to that situation. Um, one or two other things before we listen to our first piece of music. Um, on this uh, Sunday, 
I will be at uh, Hebron at St. Joachim and Anne for uh, the mandate. Now, the mandate is really the um, appointment or the commissioning of catechism teachers. Now, last year in the Archdiocese, we had almost 900 people who volunteered to teach catechism and worked during the year doing that. And at the beginning of the year, they were mandated, commissioned or sent out uh, from the church itself. In other words, uh, uh, it was formalized as a task coming from the church, from the risen Lord himself. And so this Sunday, uh, I will be at St. Joachim and Anne in Hebron for the um, the mandate of those in the northwest and the northwest later on and further in the Sundays during February, which you will hear about. I will be in various other places to do that. Uh, yesterday I had great joy. I went to Lady Selburn. Uh, yesterday we were celebrating the uh, hundred years of Sister Mary Coleman Walsh, a uh, hundred years uh, of age. Uh, there was a special, beautiful letter and a very lovely gift from the President of Ireland, Mr. Michael D. Higgins, delivered by the Second Secretary at the uh, Embassy in Pretoria. And Sister Mary Coleman um, is 100 years of age and she has worked for, I don't know, 50 years or more here in Southern Africa as a Holy Cross sister. Mainly, uh, she was, uh, she worked for the church in, uh, up at the, in Zimbabwe and at Katimum Lilo where she had a huge impact everywhere she went. She was a pioneer, a woman of great determination. A great, she empowered other people. She interacted so well with other people. Uh, her whole life was dedicated to helping people to realise their potential. I suppose when she was a young girl in the 1920s in Ireland, she was very conscious of a people, the Irish, coming out of a colonial oppressed situation and with great potential, but with limited ability to actuate that potential. And so she came with that fire in her heart to uh, find people here in Southern Africa, Zimbabwe and other places in South Africa, but Katimum Lilo up in the up in the belt. And there she started schools, education establishments, skill centers, often for women uh, to give them the opportunity for helping themselves. Also, Sister Adalberta from Germany was 80 years of age. She also held huge responsibilities worldwide in the Holy Cross congregation on the General Council in Switzerland, but is now uh, very, very active at 80 years of age, uh, keeping a wonderful community together and that place at Lady Selburne. So these are a number of the things that have happened or are happening. I'll just finally, before we play some music, uh, I, I am praying for and uh, assuring the young people, the children, the youth, and in a very special way, the teachers and parents uh, who are uh, involved in going back to school. This is the second day of being back in school. And so uh, in a special way, we pray for our teachers. You know, uh, teaching is all about relationships. Relationships. 
Yes, it's about communicating knowledge and skills, uh, academic uh, achievements, but it's about relationships. To enter into relationship with young souls, young minds, young hearts, many of them sometimes deprived with very few adults uh, meaningfully present in their lives. So it's about relationships with them. And as I often say, you know, you may be teaching biology or history or Tosa or English, uh, but more is taking place in that classroom than you perceive. Because not only are you teaching a subject, which is very important indeed, but uh, you're actually uh, relating with young people. And the way you value them, the way you respect them, the way you respond to them, all of that is forming their souls and their minds. So, More is taking place than just teaching a subject. Um, You belong to one of the most honoured professions in human history as teachers. Jesus was known as a teacher, rabbi. Um, uh, Mr. Mandela says, but as everybody knows, uh, education changes everything, as the song said. Education changes everything. We must remember it is child-centred. It's not about promotion. It's not about relationships between the teachers. In the first instance, it's about being child-centred. And so I say to your teachers, look after yourselves. You're going on a long journey now. You're standing there. You're trying to get ideas and concepts and values into children's minds. I'm reminded of the story of a man who uh, decided to walk across North Africa, walk across the desert to the sand and sand hills and sand dunes for thousands of miles. When he finished the journey successfully, they interviewed him. They asked him, what was the most difficult? Was it the heat of the day in the desert or was it the cold of the night in the desert? And he says, neither. The most difficult thing in my journey was the sand in my shoes. And this really is uh, something that I think applies to the profession of teaching. Uh, You have many uh, challenges, but it's the daily grind of going back there every day and being in good form and trying to tolerate uh, children who sometimes are not open to learning. Um, Recently, I heard an interview with a man in India who has been involved in a movement tracing 10,000 lost children. Imagine that, 10,000 lost children in the subcontinent of India. This man has been involved in this wonderful work. And the interviewer asked him, what is it like to save a child? And the man said, it is like meeting God. To save a child is like meeting God. And so, dear teachers, you are going into a great task And I ask you, look after yourselves too. Make time for yourself because you have family and other responsibilities. Have some silence in your life. Reflect on what you're doing and the impact you're having on the children and pray and pray for them. Let's, because I'm going to be speaking quite a bit about communicating uh, or sharing our faith values, let us listen now to the first hymn today, Faith of Our Fathers, Frank Patterson. Radio Veritas, welcome back. Changing Gear, Archbishop William Slattery with you. It is now 26 minutes after four in the afternoon. Welcome. If you have just joined us, it's lovely always to have you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Now, um, 
There used to be a poster, you know, for enlisting soldiers to join the army in the First World War. Uh, you know, inviting them to join you. Your country needs you. Uh, at this time of the year, the church is saying something like that. Be a catechist. Your parish needs you. And this month, um, uh, children uh, are saying to us in the church, who will tell us, who will tell us about Jesus? Parents are saying or asking, can somebody help me bring my child to God? Parish councils are saying, please, brothers and sisters, you know, please volunteer to help our young people to become part of our family, our church family, introduce them to the Lord and to the gospel. And priests will be making announcements. Uh, let us share the joy and the faith, um, our faith, with, which, uh, with all who come to us, adults, children, and youth in a special way. Let me tell you first the story of an experience of a lady who was a catechist here in South Africa. One Sunday after Mass, at the beginning of a particular year, uh, Mrs. Shabalala, Namshengu, Mrs. Shabalala uh, went uh, out of the church and a man who was about 45 or 50 with his wife, he was with his wife and son, uh, came to greet her. She did not recognize him or her. Uh, this man was extremely friendly uh, with his wife and son. He was obviously delighted to see Mrs. Shabalala. Uh, he greeted her. He praised her. Uh, speaking in front of her, he said to his wife, This is the woman I always remember, whom I always quote, and whom I always speak about. Uh, then he introduced himself to Mashabalala. He says, uh, My name is Sietzi. And uh, then she looked at him again. Of course, he had got much older in those 25 or 30 years. And she was almost shocked to see Tsietzi now, so full of joy, so full of friendship, so delighted to see her. Because when he was, the first time, the first year she taught catechism, she taught the first Holy Communion children. And this very Tsietzi was in the class. And she remembered him as an utter disaster for her. Uh, her heart sank. He was the most troublesome child she had ever met. She almost retired from teaching catechism because of this very Tsietzi those many years ago. Uh, uh, he never attended properly. He wasn't paying attention. Uh, he was making noise. He was going in and going out. He distracted others. Um, he asked foolish questions and laughed. Yes, she remembered Sietzi very well. One day even he got out to the window in the classroom and re later returned to the door to the great amusement and distraction of all the other children. Um, of course, at the end of the year in November for First Holy Communion, he failed utterly. And so then there was big discussions in his family and everything else. And so she decided to give him one last chance and she gave him an ordinal exam and somehow or other he passed. And here now, some 30 years later, is Tsietzi with his wife and his son. Um, he says, Tsietzi said to Mashabalala, I've come back now to my parish. I am married. This is my wife. This is my son here. Tsietzi Yabubedi. 
and uh, she looked and she looked at the boy. Yeah, he looked like his father, same head, the same mischief in his eyes. And uh, then the, the father says, um, I, because you had such an impact on me, I want this, my son, to be in your, to be in your class this year. Then Mrs. Shabalala, she told a lie. She, uh, you know, she says, um, she says, she told a lie. She says to them, I will be very happy to have him. Now, she wasn't so sure. She looked at the head of the young fellow. He looked so, so like his father as he was so many years ago. And she remembered the trouble she had then. On the way home, Meshabalala says, I feel like resigning. Maybe I can get this child into Madlamini, who might take him for the year, because of her memories. When she got home, she spoke to Mshengu himself, the husband. She says, I want to resign. This child, this son of this fellow who was so terrible, uh, is going to be in my class this year. I, I feel like resigning. Uh, um, Shabalal says, look here. Uh, that man, look, he, uh, look how he has changed. And look what he said about you, how it was you he remembered all those years. It was you who brought him uh, back to the faith. Uh, you put a light switch somehow in his heart and in his soul, and it is coming a light now. No, you cannot give up teaching catechism. It may be difficult, but in a sense, it's going to bring a great reward. Let's listen now to our second hymn today, Tina Sihambanaye. 